wasn't worth the effort. It was only a minor infraction of little consequence, and speaking up might actually cause a problem. Ergo, go to silence. So, we upped the ante. We left the mall and sat down next to students at a university library and made loud noises. Once again, nobody said anything. Members of our research team practically held a party in a location that most of us see as the very temple of silence. And yet nobody said a word. It was a library, and we were talking really loud. Still, nothing. So, we snuggled up close to library patrons seated at the tables around us and read from their books, occasionally underlining a passage or two. Again, little direct dialogue. Next, we went to the student union building, sat next to people seated in the cafeteria, asked them about the food they were eating, and then, you guessed it, started sampling french fries and pie from their trays. Still, few spoke up. As clinically passive as these research subjects seem, their silence was unique neither to the population we studied nor to any particular decade. As it turns out... Thirty years after we started this line of research, you can watch a number of TV programs that are devoted to this very phenomenon. The producers hide their cameras, pay actors to do something strange, antisocial, or politically incorrect in front of innocent observers, and then record the antics that follow. When faced with scenarios even more bizarre than eating from a stranger's plate, e.g. observing a possible abduction, seeing someone collapse on the sidewalk, listening to someone make a horribly racist comment, etc., the majority of today's onlookers remain silent. You have to put someone's life in danger before innocent observers will utter a word. And even then, most people don't say anything. But what if the scenario you're watching is not taken from a mall, study, or TV program, and the stakes are both genuine and high? People could die if someone doesn't speak up. How would you feel about research subjects who remain silent under these conditions? Better yet, Would you yourself keep quiet even when doing so could cause others harm? To answer the first question, you don't have to go very far. Simply visit a patient in a nearby hospital. Attached to the doorframe of nearly every hospital room in the Western world, you'll find a hand pump filled with sanitizing solution. Each healthcare professional entering the room by hospital policy is supposed to sanitize his or her hands to help avert passing infection from one patient to the next. The good doctor entering the room you're observing has just examined three patients down the hallway who are suffering in turn from cholera, meningitis, and yellow fever. He is now coming in to examine, read, touch, your father-in-law. Watch as the physician enters the room and fails to wash his hands. He walks right past the bottle of sanitizing solution and toward your father-in-law. Fortunately, it's your lucky day. An attending nurse observes the violation of protocol. Surely she'll speak up. Or will she? Most won't. Once again, it's a math thing. It's the physician whom the nurse has to hold accountable. And the physician could become annoyed, even offended, at the mere hint of a misstep. Heaven only knows that incurring the wrath of a physician can wreck a career. Plus, there's always a chance that the disease won't be passed on so easily. And then again, maybe the doctor did wash his hands somewhere out of sight and so unfold the mental calculations of the nurse who opts to join the ranks of the silent. The Silent Majority Now, lest you think we're being unfair to health care, let's make it clear that the habit of not holding others accountable in the face of a possible disaster is not unique to hand hygiene, nor, for that matter, theater protocols. 
For over three decades following that first day in the mall, we've routinely conducted studies examining people's willingness to step up to the plate and hold others accountable. It turns out it's remarkably easy to find conditions when people don't speak up to individuals who are violating a promise, breaking a commitment, behaving badly, or otherwise not living up to expectations. For instance, two-thirds of those we polled suggested that they can hardly stand going to family holiday gatherings because one or more of their relatives will do something offensive, yet nobody dares say anything. Someone tried to say something once, but it led to a nasty argument, and so now people clam up, suffer the intolerable tension, and leave the gathering as soon as possible. In a similar vein, the vast majority of employees we polled no longer talk politics at work because co-workers often become too forceful, even obnoxious, when expressing their views. Rather than deal with co-workers who use abrasive debate tactics, they simply avoid political discussions altogether. Speaking of